Welcome to the Get Emergent podcast. On our driving leadership episodes, you'll witness conversations with leaders from all walks of life and learn about what drives them to lead. You'll hear about their leadership development, current challenges that face them and their organizations, and stories about leadership. I'm Bill Berthel, and my desire to demystify leadership and have real conversations with leaders is what drives me. Joining me today is Mitch Stoller. Mitch, welcome. Well, hi, Bill. Thank you so much. Great pleasure to be with you today. Love having conversations about leadership and organizations. So really pleased that you invited me to join you. Oh, Mitch, I'm so glad we're connected. You've got an amazing position with a phenomenal organization. You're the chief philanthropic officer at AACR. That's the American Association for Cancer Research. Tell us a little bit about what you do and what AACR is. Sure, Bill. So the AACR is a phenomenal organization, the American Association for Cancer Research. We've been around for a long time, 1907. The first organization really focused on cancer and cancer research, founded in New York and in Washington, D.C. We have 49,000 members that are part of our organization worldwide, um, all dedicated to finding cures for cancer. And as you may or may not know, there are more than 200 forms of cancers that we're out there trying to find cures for. My job as the Chief Philanthropic Officer is I run the AACR Foundation. And our goal is to raise as much money as we can so we can put that money back into funding our mission, research grants, educational workshops, think tanks, everything to move the needle forward so we can really pick up the pace for cancer cures and and trying to make this continue to be a chronic problem versus a deadly problem. I have to share the personal connection as large as your organization is. The way we connected was my family made a contribution after the loss of a dear friend. And we got a handwritten card from your organization that just touched us. So I wanted to reach out and have this conversation with you, Mitch, because it's amazing work you and your organization does. Let's talk a little bit more about you and what drives you to lead and the kind of leadership you do. What's your big why? Well, Bill, first, let me say thank you for that donation. And I'm thankful for the fact that we connected that way because I'm a really big believer in the thank you process and trying to thank people regardless if it's a $5 donation or if it's a million dollar donation. It all means the same. It means a heck of a lot. So thank you very much for that. I really appreciate that. Absolutely. My why is I'm very mission focused, mission motivated, and I'm really driven to really push this organization forward. You know, I have two grandsons, two little guys. I don't want them to have to deal with cancer when they're 15, 16, 20, 30, 40 years old, whatever it might be. And then I have friends, family members that have been also affected by cancer. You know, right now I'm dealing, I have a friend who actually has, shares my first name, Mitch, who unfortunately has just been put into hospice. Mm. And that's the devastation, the devastating part of cancer. So if that doesn't get me up in the morning and keep me energized through the day and through the night, then nothing will. I am really energized to make a difference. And I always have been. And I really do believe people that 
work in the nonprofit sector, because that's what I know the best, really have to be driven by the mission of the organization to be effective, in my opinion. You know, I work with some other not-for-profit organizations, and what I so appreciate is leadership on through to volunteers in those organizations do the amazing job of creating that both and mentality of professional and personal. It's not separating those two things, like keep your personal stuff at the door, just be a professional. It's a personal connection to the work you do, isn't it? Well, isn't it interesting that, you know, in our world, in the nonprofit sector, you know, we have volunteer leadership. You know, I have 17 trustees that help govern my organization. They don't have to do that. They don't have to spend their time and energy doing that. Many of them have been affected by cancer. Many of them are scientists that are trying to find cures for cancer, but they're giving money. They're giving time. They're giving me a lot of their great expertise. Talk about leadership. You know, I have people that are, you know, financial leaders. I have marketing leaders. And to me, that's one of the great nuances in the, one of the beautiful things about being a nonprofit leader. You get to learn from a tremendous amount of interesting people. And in my career, I've had the great pleasure to know some really, really interesting folks that taught me an awful lot. Well, that's a beautiful segue. Would you take us on your path, your leadership journey path through your career? I'll try to do that and I'll try to keep it in, you know, I'll try to keep it as condensed as possible. Sure. Um, you know, I started my journey off as a school teacher. Uh, I taught health and physical education at an elementary school level and, you know, loved every minute of that. But I thought there was a different calling for me and ended up getting in the nonprofit sector, started my career with the Easter Seal Society as a yeah. special events coordinator. So I did lots of events, you know, you name the event and I did it, telethons, walkathons, you know, all those types of activities and, you know, really learned the grassroots way to fundraise. Worked my way up the ladder through a bunch of different organizations and got my really first opportunity as an executive director with the Sudden Infant Death Syndrome Foundation. And that's SIDS. And as you know, that, you know, as being a parent, scariest thing around, you know, Um, and it was uh, quite an interesting experience for me because it was a very volunteer driven, very emotional driven organization, but worked there for a while and then had the opportunity to uh, move to New Jersey where I live now with the American Paralysis Association, which became the Christopher and Dana Reeve Paralysis Foundation. And many of us remember, you know, Chris Reeve as Superman. And uh, I wish I never had gotten the opportunity to meet him that way, but, you know, fate brought us together and I did. And I think we did some really good things to move the needle forward. He certainly did. He and his wife both and family were very, very courageous people, but they really did move the needle forward with regard to funding neurological research and, and really making some great headway in that arena. And then another wonderful opportunity came my way after about 10 years working at with, you know, with the Reeve Foundation. I got an opportunity to run the Lance Armstrong Foundation, which became the Livestrong Foundation. And yes extremely passionate about that. You know, that was like my first entree dealing with cancer and cancer survivors. 
And you may, I don't know, you guys may be remember this little yellow wristband that I stole oh, yeah. today, which says Livestrong. So I was right there and involved in every minute of that and was sitting around a table in Portland, Oregon at Nike headquarters when they said they were going to do something very special for the foundation and make 5 million of these and, <laughs> or 6 million of these and make a donation to the Lance Armstrong Foundation, which was the name of the foundation at the time. Right. Well, this turned out to be quite a success. I think, you know, 70, 75 million of these Livestrong bracelets have been sold. And more importantly, cancer survivorship really got on the map and some wonderful things happened from there. You know, march forward to the uh, AACR. I've been with the AACR for over eight years now, and I'm really fortunate to have a, a wonderful staff. You've interacted with one of my colleagues, Ashley Myers. She's a, a shining example of, you know, 19 or 20 other people very similar to her with her creativity, imagination, energy. I'm really lucky to be able to lead and, and hopefully mentor these folks because I learn a heck of a lot from them as much as I think I hopefully teach them as well. Well, everyone I've interacted with in your organization, first, they're humans. Second, they're professionals. And it's been an honor to work with you and your people. You had shared a little bit of a unique story in your leadership about mentoring a young cancer survivor. Would you expand on that story for our listeners? I'm trying to recall which I've mentored a few. Cancer More than one. Yeah. yeah. So we're trying to think he back. He became a leading CEO, you said. He, oh, he, oh, became, oh, okay. he became a leader. Yes. Yeah. So brilliant young man, great athlete. We happen to actually kind of grow, live not too far from one another in Maryland. When mm -hmm. I lived in Maryland, it's where I grew up. This is a young man that played soccer. And when he was a young adult, I was diagnosed with cancer. We ended up being together in Austin, Texas, when we both were at the Lance Armstrong Foundation. And I knew immediately that this young man was very special, very smart, very motivated because of what had happened to him and kind of became like my a little brother to me. And, mm -hmm. and so it was kind of a personal mentorship, but also a professional mentorship. He has moved on. He's the chief executive officer of a major not-for-profit organization now. We still interact. And I'm so proud of this young man. But again, like the example I used about Ashley and others, I'm very proud of people that I see move on and either go off to work in another nonprofit, they start their families. And, you know, it's, I'm a proud dad. I'm a proud papa, if you will. I really do think, Bill, that's a really important part of leadership. I think you have to give back to people and you have to, of course, I want people to stay with me and work at the foundation as long as possible. But the reality is people move on. They need their own challenges. And, you know, you need to be happy for people that move on and hopefully take some of the skills that you brought them and then they take them on and they go off and do remarkable things in the world as well. That young man is one example of that. He's doing remarkable things and making a very, very big impact in, in our society. We believe effective leaders coach, mentor, and develop more leaders, one of the most important yeah. aspects of effective leadership. Yeah, Bill, I, I really believe a lot in servant leadership. You know, many yeah. years ago, I, I read that book, Servant Leadership by Greenleaf, and, yes. and it really had a profound effect on me. I, I didn't even realize it, but that was kind of the leadership model that I was demonstrating on a day-in, day-out basis. 
I really do believe in serving people, both in our world that, you know, you have your internal stakeholders and you have a lot of external stakeholders. And I think it's really important. We're, you know, we're asking people to make a donation. Again, if it's $5 or if it's $1,000, that's, you know, you need to really make sure that you're communicating properly and, and effectively demonstrating that your donation is really making a big impact out there. So raising money and building that donor base is one of your primary objectives or challenges, you know, specifically in your leadership and your work. What other challenges in your field, your industry or your specific work is facing you now? Yeah. So, I mean, fundraising is challenging, always has been, always will be. I think COVID has really provided a big challenge to the organization because we have not really been together for 18 yeah. months. Sure. So now we're, we're communicating with prospects and donors via technology and even doing even more electronic communication via email or texting or YouTube videos. But that's challenging because I really do believe that one-on-one -on -one interaction is quite important and developing relationships like that is, is quite important as well. I think that it's a competitive landscape. There are a lot of really well-deserving nonprofit organizations that should get individuals' contributions. Sure. So what sets you apart? What makes you different? Why should you give me $25, not me, but the foundation $25 and not give another really, you know, well-respected cancer organization $25? Well, that's, that's challenging. I mean, that's a challenge to distinguish yourself. And what's the special nuance that you have over somebody else? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I guess I, I never thought about it that way, that there is a competitive field in, in the donor place where people spend, where people contribute, probably has a personal, meaningful element to themselves or their family, but you need to appeal to that as well at some level. It does. I mean, it is very competitive. I don't say that negatively at all. No, I, I hear you. Yeah, yeah. I think it's a positive thing. In our case, you know, we punctuate cancer research mm -hmm. and why funding research is so important. You know, in other organizations, it might be more emphasis on public health or might be more emphasis on direct help to the individual. And so what we try to do at the ACR is again, really focus on why investing in research makes a big difference. You know, what's the payoff gonna be next year, five years, 10 years down the road? The credibility of that research must be so important. The, the connection, the personal connection that you have with your donor base um, yeah. must also be so important. And the beauty of AACR is that we've always been kind of called the honest broker because we fit right in the right in the middle, if you will, with academia, with industry and with government. And we kind of work with all of these audiences to bring them together to collaborate so we can develop new therapies, new drugs that will make a difference in someone's life. Yeah, what a great position to make a real impact there. That's that's really pretty cool. So I wanna ask you for your advice as a leader. Our listeners, um, I think one of the reasons they tune in to this segment of our podcast is to really not just get your story, but get some wisdom, get some advice. What advice would you give our listeners? Well, I think 
something that, uh, you know, I still work on myself is, you know, be a good listener, you know, be an active listener, you know, listen to what your colleagues or people on the outside are are trying to say to you and trying to tell you. Because sometimes I know early in my career, when I was like maybe the first job as an executive director, I don't think I did a great job of listening. You know, I thought I had maybe all the answers or, I, you know, we're going to follow my lead and, you know, we're going to kind of go with my approach. And, you know, yes, sometimes, you know, you do need to, sometimes there's no doubt that you need to take the lead on something and take control of something. But again, I, I found that over the years, engaging people, inspiring people will really make it you know, that much better for trying to, you know, accomplish whatever goal or task you're trying to set out for. So listening is not the only piece of wisdom that I guess I can embark on. What else? Yeah, what else? The other other part is like, care about your people, you know, know they're not in your direct family, but they're pretty close to it. You're Mm. spending a lot of time with these people on a, you know, day in, day out basis, really show that you care and that you've got their backs, okay? Now, I'll be honest with you, there are times in my career where I have done that and that has backfired on me, meaning that I put a lot of trust in an individual and they went a different direction and may have done something that could have, you know, may have hurt the organization or hurt me, but I still believe in servant leadership having the backs of the people that are out there working really hard for you. I really think that's an an important quality and and character. And then, you know, total integrity, total being totally truthful and and very transparent with people. I know, again, early in my career, I was really nervous about total transparency because it might, maybe it's bad news, but sometimes you got to tell people bad news, right? And then, you know, I know I've, there's one story, a quick story I'll tell you that one of my first jobs as a supervisor, as an executive director, I had to fire somebody and the person lived way out of state. But I believe that I wasn't going to pick up the phone or send an email. I got on an airplane and flew to meet that individual to let them know so they could see me eye to eye why I was going to do that and why I did do that. And uh, it was a long trip, actually, and it was for only, you know, 30 minutes, but right. I felt that that was going to happen to me. That's how I would have wanted that to transpire. And so I think that's an important part of leadership is being very open, candid, transparent with things. And full of integrity. That story just rings true of the integrity of your leadership, that the connection, treating people with human dignity is so important. Yeah, thank you. Mitch, thank you. I, w- I want to really thank you for this conversation. It's really meaningful to me. I'm sure our listeners are going to really appreciate your well, story. I, I hope so. And let me know if you get any feedback. I'd, I'd love to learn from that myself. But, you know, again, I'm so happy that we met this way and it came across through a, a thank you note coming back to you and your family. That means the world to me. And, you know, really appreciate you giving uh, me this platform to have this conversation with you, Bill. Well, the honor is ours. Thank you so much, Mitch. Listen for more episodes of Driving Leadership right here on the Get Emergent podcast, where we'll continue the conversation with a new leader every month. 
And come back for more leadership content with Cindy Massengill and Ralph Simone, where they discuss real leadership challenges in a practical and relatable format.